When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. DJ Baller, you killed this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. It is week three, so we are moving right along. We are now at the uh, quarter marker of the season, which is hard to believe, uh, already here at week three. So we have some big games coming up today, later on, here in the next hour or so. So we're going to start into our games. We will not recap this week. Uh, there really isn't much to recap for last week. It was kind of a by-the-book week last week, so not much on there for us to talk about as far as last week's games go. So we will jump right into today's games and start with the ACC. And we'll jump right into the ACC game, which is Minnesota at North Carolina. Uh, this game here, Tyler... I- I think it's a battle of Minnesota's defense versus, I think, the offense of North Carolina. Uh, as far as Drake May goes, you know, I think they kind of showed us on offense how well they are against an SEC opponent like South Carolina. Um, does Minnesota bring something different to the table? I think so. I think Minnesota's front seven is a little better than South Carolina. Does uh, it? it, does it improved does their defense amount to something bigger than South Carolina's in this game I'm not sure I mean this is a home game for North Carolina a true home game so I do think that they will have their home fans behind them I I don't know how Minnesota can do on the road Um, and for me it's their offense I just don't think Minnesota has any offense and whoever's going to be able to score the football I think in this one is going to win the game uh, and I think North Carolina has the best shot in doing that and covering seven. I agree with you. You know, Minnesota, this offense uh, has struggled. You know, in game one, uh, everybody was watching that game against Nebraska, and they only scored, I believe it was 10 points uh, in that game. Uh, that offense uh, just looks lost. Uh, so I think that's going to be 
the main question mark for this Minnesota team is if this gets into a shootout, that's where uh, the Golden Gophers uh, can get in trouble. But on the other side, I don't think that North Carolina has really faced uh, a defense that Minnesota is bringing in. Week number one, South Carolina's defense uh, didn't really show up like I thought they would. And then App State, that was just an in- instant classic uh, going into double overtime. Uh, so I think that Drake May uh, and this offense, they still want to continue in the ACC and keep up with the likes of Florida State. They have to take care of business uh, and win this game. I do. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going into the half. It's uh, it's a low score in like 10-7, to 13-7 uh, type of ball game because that's what Minnesota is going to try to do. Their offense is going to try to waste some time uh, and keep uh, Drake May. He's a very talented quarterback uh, off of the field. Uh, so I think that this is what is going to be a game, at least in the first half, and then you're going to see a North Carolina offense uh, make some adjustments. And then – we haven't really talked about this North Carolina defense. They were absolutely atrocious last year, but I think that they are definitely making some strides. Uh, you got to tip your cap. But uh, Gene Chizik, the defensive coordinator for the Tar Heels, I think he's doing an outstanding job uh, this year. Uh, so I think that this is going to be an easy cover. I just don't think that Minnesota's offense uh, is really going to be able to test this North Carolina defense. Uh, so I think that you got to definitely take uh, the seven, even if you want to bump it down uh, to feel – very good about yourself uh, to get to six and a half. Uh, that would definitely be great. But I think that the Tar Heels are going to win this game by at least 10 points. So I'll say 31 to 14. I think that they get the win. Absolutely. And going to our game in the Big Ten, our Big Ten game, of, big, I'm sorry, Big, yeah, there we go. Big Ten game of the week, <laughs> sorry, uh, is number eight, Washington on the road at Michigan State. Uh, Washington is the 16-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Michigan State. Uh, of course, the big storyline here is uh, no Mel Tucker. So I, I think that for for Washington and Michael Penix, they really haven't struggled to score the football at all this season. 16-and-a-half seems kind of low in a game that Michi- Michigan State just hasn't looked right this season, and I think it's just going to continue to happen here. I just don't see a big change in Michigan State here. A lot of people are picking Michigan State to cover because they're playing at home. I just don't think that's the case. Like, if this game is in November and it's snowing, then I kind of get it. But, you know, with the temperatures as they are right now, there's really no advantage to it. So, as far as Washington goes, if they want to stake their claim and be one of the best teams in the Pac-12, they need to go in here and take care of business uh, and cover the 16-and-a-half. I think they can. It's more of their offensive firepower. I think this is the best wide receiver core that they've had since uh, their big run in the playoff a few years back. So I think that this is a really good opportunity for Washington to say, hey, look, we can go win a game on the road, uh, even you know, even if it's a tough environment. And I don't think Michigan State is necessarily a tough envi- environment just with the fans. So I-, I think that this is just a regular road game for Washington and Washington can take care of business. Michael Penix can throw for 300 yards and they can also run the ball really well. Uh, and that's their biggest thing is being able to balance the run in the pass. And they really do. I mean, they run a pro style offense there for Michael Penix. Um, and that's why I think he's so high on draft boards. So I, I think that Washington can easily cover this, this 16 and a half. I'm going to go uh, 38 to 14 in this one. And uh, yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be a runaway. Yeah, we saw the same matchup last year, and it was a Washington runaway. They were able to uh, – Michael Penix uh, had a very good game against this Michigan State defense. They just didn't really 
do a very good job against the pass. And, and like you mentioned, you know, no Mel Tucker here. You're like, what has Michigan State's locker room been this whole entire week? Uh, we've had their head coach, you know, now with the interim head coach, uh, Mark D'Antonio, uh, coming back to coach uh, the Michigan State Spartans. Like, what are going to be the vibes around this team, uh, especially with a very good – I think that this is a college football playoff uh, type of team uh, in Washington. If you've seen – Michael Penix and this offense the first two weeks. I know it's been two cupcakes, uh, but still, you know, they beat Boise State pretty handily. And then week two, they were able to take care of business. So this is a tough road trip. You know, Michigan State had to do it last year uh, to Seattle. And now Washington returns the favor and has to travel all the way uh, to East Lansing. So it is a tough road trip. You know, maybe there'll be a little bit of rust at the start of the season. Uh, but my, Michael Penix is used to this environment. He played at Indiana. He played, uh, you know, against Michigan State a couple of times. So he's definitely used to this environment. I think that this team is going to be bought in. I don't think this is really going to be much of a game. You know, Michigan State, I wasn't really high on going into the season uh, with Mel Tucker or without Mel Tucker. Uh, you know, this offense, you know, they lost Peyton Thorne, uh, their star quarterback. Uh, so this offense just hasn't really been the same uh, since that one season uh, two years ago uh, when they went 11-2. and uh, So, I think that Michigan State's defense uh, is going to get really tested against Washington. Uh, Washington is a pass-heavy offense. They want to throw the ball at least 40 times a game, and they're going to do it with success. So I just don't think that not really many defenses are going to be able to stop this high-powered offense. I think that Washington's defense is also built for this challenge. So I think that Washington uh, easily covers this one, too. I know that we're just picking some blowouts here, but that's just uh, week three schedule. The week's Three schedule isn't that great uh, on paper. Maybe we get some games here and there where we're like, okay, this team is for real. Uh, so I think that Washington is going to continue their for real tour. I think that they're really going to handle them. I think that they – I'm going to go for a similar score. I'll go 38-13. to 13. I just don't think that Michigan State's going to be able to stop this Washington offense. So look for a runaway in East Lansing. Yeah, so on to our next game here in the Big 12. This is a really good game here our closest one that we've had so far uh, as number 15 K state and the Wildcats go on the road as the three and a half point favorite to take on uh, Missouri and the Mizzou Tigers. I, I just think that this game, it has the makings for being a close one into the fourth quarter and somebody's going to have to make a, a, a big push. Uh, um, is Missouri a, a decent football team? Sure. They are. In, in the in the SEC, they look like a small team, and that's a, I think that's why they slip underneath the radar in the SEC. Um, as far as K-State goes, you know, they've had some good seasons together in, in Big 12 appearances, Big 12 championship appearances, left and right. So I think that they are a really good football team all around. Uh, the backfield is the biggest question mark for me <clears throat> with K-State. Uh, will they be able to run the ball against Missouri on the road? Um, I don't think K-State has any problem throwing the ball through the air. Um, and that's kind of where I see the difference there. Will Missouri be able to stop uh, the offensive flow as far as passing goes uh, during a drive, sustain long drives? I mean, K-State does – they do, their offense stays on the field a long time. And I think that's kind of why K-State's defense is able to go out there fresh and make stops. So if Missouri can get K-State off the field – uh, as much as possible, I think that they have the biggest opportunity to win this game at home. The issue is, is I don't think they can do that. I mean, K-State is uh, a proven team in the Big 12. 
And for them to be at rank 15 right now says a lot because, I mean, I didn't, I really didn't have K State on the radar right now or anything like that. Um, so for them to be a three and a half on the road, that's that's pretty big. So I think K State can cover three and a half. I don't think we'll have any problem with that. I think they can win by a touchdown. And if a touchdown is is going to be enough for them to cover and stay where they are, I think that's entirely very possible. So. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't see how much defense is going to step up, and uh, I don't. I don't think defense is going to step up uh, really at all. So I'm going to go with a 38-31 game here and take K State. Yeah, I think that this is going to be one of the better games here uh, of this dud of a weekend slate. You know, Kansas State and Missouri. We saw this one uh, like uh, Washington, Michigan State last year, and Kansas State was able to cruise uh, to a victory. Uh, but this is a different Kansas State team. You know, Will Howard, uh, we saw him last year. Uh, he was very good, and he continues to be good. And I think that Kansas State, uh, we saw them beat a very good Troy team pretty handily, 41-13 uh, last week. I think that both of us are very high on that Troy team coming off a uh, win in the Sun Belt uh, during uh, last season. Uh, but on Missouri's side, this has been a team – that I thought it was going to be not really a dark horse, but it was going to be in the middle of the pack there of the SEC East. And they haven't really impressed me. I know that they beat South Dakota, that they put up 34 points in that one. But week two is really when I was scratching my head. I, they only won 24 to 19 against Middle Tennessee State a week before Alabama put up 56 on them. Now, I'm not comparing Alabama and Missouri, but still, those are the type of games that you just need to take care of business. And Brady Cook uh, hasn't really been the quarterback that I thought he was. He had a really good season. Uh, with Missouri last season. I think that the the player that I'm really watching uh, is going to be the running back for Missouri, Cody Schrader. If Missouri can run the football, then they can definitely win this game. But if Kansas State bogs down that running game, I think that's where Missouri gets in trouble. I just don't think that Missouri's bread and butter is to pass the ball uh, and beat you uh, down the field by taking deep shots. This is not how they're built on. Missouri wants to run the football. That's why uh, Cody Schrader, he's in his fifth year uh, he was a transfer, and he transferred in last year uh, to Missouri. Uh, so I think that if they can run the football. And then on the other side, you know, Missouri's defense, how are they going to fare against uh, Will Howard and that passing attack of Kansas State? So I'm I'm on the opposite spectrum of view. I don't think it's just going to be much uh, of an offensive shootout. I think that both of the defenses will have their way. Uh, but I think that this is going to be a really good game. Uh, I think that in the end, Kansas State will cover the three and a half, but it will not sh- – surprised me uh, at all this is like a touchdown game going into the fourth quarter I do think that Kansas State will get this road win uh, go to you know in back-to-back seasons uh, against Missouri I just trust their offense more at this point in the season and I think that you know Kansas State is one of those teams that no one's really talking about in the Big 12 everyone's talking about Texas obviously with their big win on the road against Alabama but I think that you know the way that Oklahoma looked uh, in week number two Kansas State might be that second team in line uh, to return uh, to the Big 12 championship uh, and win back-to-back titles. So I think that Kansas State uh, gets it done here. I think it's going to be a really good game uh, again. Uh, but I'm going to go uh, 24 – let's go 24-17. to 17. I think that Missouri will be able to score. I think that uh, Kansas State will get a late turnover to seal this one. Uh, so I got uh, the Wildcats uh, covered and winning on the road in Columbia. Yeah, so a good game there, our best game that we've talked about so far. So headed out to our next game out west in the Pac-12. It is Colorado State and number 18, Colorado. Uh, this game here is a 9 p.m. game. Well, our time, it is a 10 Eastern time. 
and of course it's a little less than that eight o'clock game out there so uh, i i think this game here is uh, it's a big game for the state of colorado okay that that's about it um <laughs> i mean colorado is the 23 and a half i mean this is the biggest line that we've talked about on the show this season because uh, it's really the only game in the Pac-12 worth talking about. Um, Oregon's playing a, a, a big game today, but this game is probably the biggest in the Pac-12 and the biggest for the state of Colorado. Colorado State just hasn't had a football team in a very long time, and for them to go into Colorado and try to win a game, especially this year, it is going to be very difficult, and I I don't see it happening. I won't spend long on it. I think Colorado wins this game uh, Shader Sanders can go for 400 yards in this game. Uh, and honestly, they could run the ball uh, with Edwards about a million times and be fine. Um, Travis Hunter, I don't know if Travis Hunter is going to play the amount of snaps that we that he's played in these last two games. I, I think they'll probably dial it back a little bit. But at the same time, I think they'll end up uh, taking this game over pretty, pretty quickly. So I, I don't think... Uh, Colorado State really stands a chance. 23 and a half. I think Colorado's going to cover it. Um, I think Colorado can cover 23 and a half, and they can easily win by 24 uh, in this one. Uh, I think this is going to be a lot of points for them. So I'm going to go, uh, hmm, I'm going to go 56 to 14. Uh, I really think it's going to be an absolute blowout. Um, and maybe given Colorado State 14 is a lot of points. Um, maybe 56 to seven, <laughs> man, a lot of points in that one. Uh, you're very confident on Colorado. I think that a lot of, of the nation is too, you know, Colorado is definitely the story of college football this season with their wins against TCU and Nebraska. But on the other side, you know, Colorado state's only played one game and in their one game, uh, they gave up 56 points to Washington state team. And they just knocked off number 19, Wisconsin, a, a week ago. I think that Washington state's a very good football team. But Colorado State's defense, if you watched in week one, they have no defense at all. They gave up over 450 yards passing. I Don't get me wrong. Washington State is always, like, getting very good quarterbacks. But what is the, what are they going to do whenever Shadir Sanders? Like, have, he's thrown for over 900 yards passing and over two span of touchdowns. And Nebraska was a very good defense. They boggled them down, and they still scored 36 points. In the first game against TCU, he threw for 400, actually threw for 500 yards uh, in week number one against TCU. But Colorado State's head coach made a mistake. You don't ever poke the bear, especially if you haven't even beat this team in quite some time. Because I was looking at the Rocky Mountain Showdown recently, and it hasn't been close. It's been Colorado put a can of whooping on Colorado State the last couple of weeks. So Jay Norvell... You don't ever do that, especially when you're dealing with Deion Sanders prime time. Did you see what uh, Deion Sanders has been doing? Every show that he's been going on on ESPN, he's getting everybody the shades. He gave every player on that locker room. It's personal. How does he say it now? So I think that Colorado, they are not going to stop scoring. They are going to put up 80 on this team, honestly, if they want to. Uh, but I honestly think that this is the easiest pick of the weekend. Colorado State's offense won't be able to do much. Colorado's defense, I think that they really – the story – I know that everyone wants to talk about Colorado's offense, but the way that this Colorado defense has improved from last year to this year is just insane. I think that they have dudes on all three levels of that defense, but on that offense, I mean, this is just a team – 
that is just unstoppable. I mean, Nebraska hasn't been able to stop them. Uh, TCU hasn't been able to stop them. And you're damn right, Colorado State won't be able to stop them. So I'm going to go Colorado. I agree with you. I think they at least get into the 50s. I think that's for sure bet right now. It's just a matter of can they get above that and how much does Dion want to, you know, drive up that scoreboard uh, to shut up Jay Norvell because uh, the post-game and pre-game handshake isn't going to be pretty. Uh, so I don't think that Colorado State, chan- uh, uh, you know, stands a chance, especially with their head coach uh, blabbering about, oh, I wear, I take off my glasses and hat whenever I talk to the press. Well, who cares, buddy? All it cares about wins and losses uh, on the field. Uh, so I think that Colorado, uh, if they're, I thought, you know, they were probably going to overlook this matchup because, you know, it's just Colorado State. They're not very good. They have Oregon, uh, a road trip, but not anymore. This team is all locked in, putting a can of whooping on Colorado State this week uh, in this rivalry game. So I don't think it's even close. I'll agree with you. I think this is a 56 to 7 type of game. It's going to be over by the half. Yes, absolutely. It's just so one-sided. You can't even you can't even begin to come up with any sort of alternative for Colorado State. Uh, moving away from this game to the SEC, this is going to be a really good game here down in the swamp. Number eleven, Tennessee. The Volunteers are open as the five and a half on the road in Florida. A lot to be said here, considering Tennessee has not beat Florida in Florida in a long time. So. Um, this game here, I mean, really, well, let's see. They haven't beat, they have not beat Florida in Florida since the days of Peyton Manning, before the days of Peyton Manning. So uh, this here is is a game just, uh, the football gods watch over this game. That's all I got to say. This game has been a Florida just miraculous miracle at the end of the game the last few times that these two teams have gone at it. Um I mean, Tennessee with a 13-point lead to start the fourth quarter at one, and then Florida comes back and wins the game, and then Florida heaves one up here and throws it a mile, and they end up winning at the end of the game. So there's a lot that's happened in this in this uh, rivalry right here between these two teams because I can call it a rivalry because, I mean, really it's it's been last-second things, and it's been really close games over the years. Um, as far as this game goes now, I just don't, I don't know if I can trust Florida. I I just trusting Florida is is really tough, especially against Tennessee, them being number 11. Um, but when something's a pattern, it's a pattern. And and this here is a, is a huge pattern. Um, biggest question mark for me is Florida's defense. Can Florida's defense get it done and get them off, get Tennessee's offense off the field? Now, I think this is probably their best chance. If Hendon Hooker is still on this Tennessee team, we're not even talking about this. Um, But with Graham Mertz, maybe Florida can get it done on offense. Them playing at home, this is a big boost for the second week in a row, them playing at home. Um, It's really tough. I I, I think it's probably a three-point game. Um, and whoever has the ball last could win this football game. Uh, I'm going to go with the upset here. I think Florida can get it done at home against Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to have a tough time stopping Florida's offense. Tennessee, I don't think, has the defense that they used to have. And uh, it's a completely completely different team looks-wise. Um, so I think Florida, look, the games from the past talk. I mean, they really do. And it is it is like old ghost stories in football. 
it is just one of those where you don't you don't mess with them and you kind of listen them and move along. So I'm going to take Florida win this game. I think Florida's going to win 27 to 24 uh, at the end of this game. I wouldn't be surprised uh, of that at all. You know, the Swamp uh, is a very tough environment going. And like you mentioned, Tennessee hasn't won there uh, in quite some time. Uh, so, you know, Tennessee, uh, you can't really look at the two opponents that they have played so far. You know, they really handled their business uh, in week number one against Virginia. But Virginia is going to be one of the worst teams uh, in the ACC along with Boston College, uh, it seems like, uh, through the first couple of weeks uh, of the season. Uh, so, you know, Joe Milton uh, has definitely shown uh, his strides, you know, in the, the first game against Virginia. He really showed uh, his arm talent and also uh, was able to get some rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, so, but in week two, uh, I know that there was a weather delay, uh, but, you know, Tennessee uh, went into the half only up 13-6 to six against Austin P. And that just didn't really sit right to me. I know that Tennessee fans are going to give me an excuse. Oh, it was the weather, the lightning delay. Uh, but if you're a, almost a top 10 team in the country and only up by seven against FCS team, uh, you know, Austin P is a very good FCS program. Don't get me wrong, but you're Tennessee and you should have been up like at least by 21 at the half. Uh, so Tennessee's offense uh, was impressed with them in week number one, wasn't really impressed with them in week number two. Uh, so maybe they're due for a really good showing against Florida. But, you know, on the other side, you know, Florida, uh, their week one matchup against Utah, their offense, Graham Mertz, didn't look good, but their defense did impress me. I know that Cam Rising was out of that game, but really after that deep shot play that Utah got, Florida's defense uh, was able to really lock down against a very good Utah team. Uh, and then week number two, coming back to the Swamp, uh, they beat McNeese 49-7. Uh, to uh, They were able to just get right before this big matchup. So I think, you know, the winner of this one, especially if Tennessee uh, comes away with a victory, will probably be the lone duck uh, of even coming close uh, to Georgia, depending on how Georgia fares against South Carolina. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be over by the half. South Carolina doesn't stand a chance. So, so um, going into this one, I, I definitely agree. This is a, a very tough matchup. You know, Tennessee's a five and a half favorite. If I were a betting man, I would probably say that Florida would cover that, and it comes down to a field goal game. Uh, so. I think this is going to be more a defensive battle. It's going to be a complete 180 from last year's game. You know, Anthony Richardson and, and Hidden Hooker were just battling to the end. Uh, Tennessee was able to come away with a five-point victory in last year's game, and that was a very good Tennessee game. Uh, they're still a very good team. Uh, so I think that Tennessee is going to be able to establish uh, the run game here uh, with Jalen Wright. And then on Florida, they have to do the same. Montreal Johnson uh, and Trevor Etienne have to get it going. And games that Florida has been able to pull out, they've been able to get their running game going. That was not existent in week number one. It was existent in week two, but that's McNeese. You have to be able to do it against a team like Tennessee. So I think that this is going to be a defensive battle. I think this is going to be a game who whoever has, you know, that timely turnover uh, and really puts this game uh, out of hand, I think it's going to win this game. But I think that streaks are meant to be broken. I do think that Tennessee survives the swamp barely. I think that's a field goal game. This is always coming down to the wire. So I think that the Vols come away with a 24-21 to 21 victory in the swamp. But I would not be shocked at all if we see Florida pull off this upset. This fan base is hungry. Billy Napier has probably much of a hot seat as anyone does uh, in the SEC. It feels like after a dud of a – of a season number one in Gainesville. Uh, you know, this team and this program really just needs a win to get this program back on track of the days uh, of that they were winning the national championship two out of the three years. So 
Wouldn't I be surprised if the Gators pull off an upset? Their fan base and coaches are hungry to get a big win. But I think that Tennessee spoils the party. Yeah, and then moving to our game to watch in the group of five this week. Of course, we love our group of five games. This game here is a really good one. James Madison goes on the road to Troy, Alabama to face off against the Troy Trojans, who are the two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Look, I, I tell you what, this this game here is one that, you know, defensively, both of these teams are really solid. Um, offensively, though, it, it's going to be interesting to see who can stop who. Um, James Madison does not allow teams to run the ball. They have only given up an average of 40 yards of rushing in their first two games this season uh, defensively. Troy on the other side of the football have given up a lot of rushing yards, but passing yards, they've not given up over 150 yards passing yet this season. Here's the deal. These two teams, it's really the two and a half. That's true. I mean, I just think it's going to be really, really, really close. James Madison, I think, is the story for this game. I think James Madison was a team last year that really shocked a lot of people, and I think James Madison will do it again this year on the road at Troy. I think Troy is one of the hardest places to play group of five wise uh, on the road. So I think James Madison really can, can honestly win this game by a field goal and get out. I think that is their best scenario for this one. I think James Madison can get it done. It won't be a very high scoring game. Um, it'll be pretty low scoring. I think it's a 17 to 14 win and they can get out and head back home and be happy would be content with a, with a three-point win on the road at Troy. I think that this is the biggest game of the weekend. This has so many implications of it. It's a Sunbelt Conference matchup. But I feel like the winner of this is really set up to get a New Year's Six, especially with Tulane losing to Ole Miss. And I think that Tulane's going to end up running the table. They're probably going to be an 11-1 team. Uh, but especially if James Madison wins, I think that their schedule, they already faced their Power 5 opponent. They beat them. And the rest of the way, all their tough opponents, they get at home. So I think that this is a team uh, that's set up, you know, last year they had to sit out. They would have won their division, uh, but uh, App State, I believe, uh, won, uh, no, it wasn't App State. I forgot who uh, won it. But all I know is whoever faced Troy in the Sun Belt Championship, they got their <laughs> – it wasn't very close. Uh, so I think that, you know, Troy's defense uh, has really struggled. It's very surprising. You know, Troy was a team that was built on defense uh, last year. And, you know, they gave up 41 points uh, against Kansas State, but Kansas State's a very good team uh, in the Big 12. Uh, so this is going to be the game of the week. It's on NFL Network. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the group of five fans uh, who watch this, I'm probably going to be tuning into this one because this has all the implications uh, for it. It's probably the biggest game here in the group of five. Uh, so, you know, Troy with the two and a half, uh, that's probably – that's you know, that's just the two and a half that they get automatically. And the home Vegas is saying that this is going to be – an absolute coin flip. I've been going back and forth in this game, but I'm going to give it to the Dukes. I think that James Madison has just looked a, a way better football team than Troy has been. I, but Troy, uh, especially at home, uh, this is going to be an insane battle in the trenches. I don't think there's going to be many points allowed. Both defenses, I think, are going to rise to the occasion this one. I know that Troy locker room isn't happy with their performance in week number two against Kansas State. They really kept Kansas State close in the first half and really got away with them. So I think that their head coach is going to get them right. And then James Madison, uh, they're, they are really built on their offense. They scored over 30 points in back-to-back -back games. Uh, so I think that Troy's game plan 
has to be able to defend the pass uh, that James Madison has. So I think that this is going to be a 21 to 17 game. I think this is going to be very close coming down to the wire. But I think that James Madison remains undefeated. It might very well be the group of five representative in the New Year's Six of all goes right for the Dukes. Yeah, to answer your question, Troy beat Coastal Carolina last uh-huh. year in the Sunbelt Championship 46 to 20, 42 to 26. So, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a runaway for Troy last year. Not the story here for both of us as we took James Madison. Now, folks, to get to our risers and fallers from last week, uh, from the week. So coming into this week, uh, our fallers from last week, will they improve or will our risers continue to rise up the standings in our AP poll? Uh, Starting with our fallers, Tyler, who is your faller for week two as we are here into week three football? I think it's got to be Alabama for me because when was the last time that Alabama has had a one loss in the month of September? I can't even probably like the first year that Nick Saban uh, was in Tuscaloosa, but it's been a, a hot minute. Uh, I'm not going to take Texas as my riser. That I'm not just going to take the matchup. I feel like. I had to take Alabama, drop it in seven spots uh, after the loss. They're number 10 now. uh, So, you know, they're in a little bit of rut. They do get South Florida. They're probably going to beat South Florida with ease. uh, But next week is could definitely be a very big game in the SEC West. They get Ole Miss uh, coming to Tuscaloosa. If they lose that one, not only are they out of the college football playoff race, but they're already going to be in the rut uh, of the SEC West race. So, I think that this is a big week uh, for Alabama to bounce back against South Florida. But, man, they their offense with, with Jalen Milrow, uh, don't get me wrong, Jalen Milrow took some shots. Uh, that, that was very good, uh, especially the t- late touchdown to Jermaine Burton. Uh, but Alabama's defense just didn't really look uh, how I thought that they were going to be uh, in the season. I think it's more of a testament that Texas is a very good football team. Quinn Ewers had a very good game. Uh, but – In the end, uh, Alabama is my faller of the week, which I don't think I would ever have. So that was definitely a surprising. Yeah, definitely a surprise one there. I I don't, you generally don't see that coming. Uh, But of course, you know, Texas went in there and won a big football game and, you know, credit goes to them. Now they uh, are sitting inside the top four. So I I think that's a, a big testament to see Alabama at number 10. And if some of these other teams step up, we could see Alabama fall further. If we have some teams still undefeated after this week, Alabama could fall into the teens somewhere. Um, For me, it's a team inside the top 10. I think it's Ohio State for me. A team that was number three to start the season is now sitting at number six, uh, double where they were to start. You know, teams like Florida State really stepped up with their big win. Uh, Texas stepped up with their big win. USC has been blowing people out, so that's why they've moved up to number six or number five. I'm sorry, but Ohio State at number six, getting closer and closer to Penn State, and Penn State still holding strong there at number seven. Uh, for Ohio State at number six, they just haven't shocked me or awed me in their first two games of the season. They're not a powerhouse team. They haven't put up anything over 35 points in their first two games of the season and really just I mean they played Youngstown State and and just didn't look right I mean they they just don't look dominant right now um and to be honest they're playing against a Western Kentucky team that has no problem scoring the football 
whatsoever today. So I, I think that is um, it's going to be interesting to see how well they can score the football and is if, if Ohio State's defense can stop the offense of Western Kentucky. Um, honestly, I think if some of these teams step up and win, if Penn State gets a win today, if Washington gets a win today, I think we could see uh, Ohio State there at number eight, you know, eight or nine. Uh, based off what happens today so um, a lot can happen right now and they could be sneaking outside the top 10 even if they do win the the issue is is they're just not winning by the margins that they are supposed to be winning and the covers and they're just not not covering so um, for me that's the difference and uh, Ohio State is bound they're gonna cross Penn State and Michigan at some point in the season are they gonna be able to play football with them play ball with them or is Ohio State gonna take a step back a big step back yeah I agree with you you know and I think you know you're looking at Penn State and also Michigan but I'm looking at Notre Dame this is a team that has been playing with their hair on fire lately you know they beat a really good NC State team they beat them pretty handily and this is a team of Notre Dame that is scoring the football I think that Sam Hartman has just given this team – I think that they went from good to being elite this season. I think that Notre Dame is definitely a national championship contender. I think that if they go through their top ten games, if they go 3-0 during that stretch, I've already said it, they're going to be the number one seed. Uh, I think that they're going to have a very good resume and all starts next week against Ohio State. But we're going to go on now to the risers here of the AP – top 25 poll and i'm gonna go with an acc team i'm gonna go with the miami hurricanes uh like i mentioned last week i picked up that this was a team that really needed a big win and they got that 48 to 33 victory against texas a&m and they the teams pretty much flip-flopped up miami went from the ranks to now number 22 and the ap poll i expect that to go ahead of them uh they still have big games ahead of them uh they got florida state that's definitely going to be a very big game for them. Uh, but I was very impressed with Tyler Van Dyke. If Van Dyke can really play like that throughout this whole entire season, I think that Miami could definitely go far. Their defense uh, it was definitely a problem, but I think that Texas A&M's offense uh, is definitely improving, especially with Connor Weigman being their starting quarterback and also Bobby Petrino calling the play. So I was very impressed with Miami. It didn't look uh, very good in the first half. They were down 17-7, to but it had a lot of explosive plays in the second half. They had that – 92-yard kickoff return uh, to really get the ball rolling. So I think that Miami, as a program, they really needed this big win. Uh, so they are my riser of the week after taking down the Aggies. Yeah, my riser of the week is going to be Texas going into Tuscaloosa and winning a big game. Texas, you know, went from 11 to 4, moving up seven spots. That's a long ways. Um, so I, I've got Texas right there. Quinn Ewers really showed how they can take advantage of Alabama's defense offensively Alabama is just not ready yet and that's why they are sitting there at the top 10 mark um for Texas Texas is a, a really good balanced football team um Quinn Ewers you know is this is his spotlight season right now and this is really his last chance to show who Texas can really be this season before they get in to a really young quarterback and all the excitement and hype continues into the next season um, I think Texas right now, uh, obviously, I think is the best team in the Big 12, and, and I think that's pretty clear as of right now. As far as the Big 12 goes here, you know, later on in the season, who knows what happens? I mean, Texas really has had struggles against Kansas. Will they be able to 
play a really good Kansas team or did they just go in and really show that, look, nobody's going to come close to us this season and them stay in the top 10 and really uh, try to vouch for a spot to be in the top four. We will see what happens here in the coming weeks, but right now they are my riser for this week based off of a big win. Nobody goes into Tuscaloosa and beats Alabama uh, and nobody has done it since LSU's uh, season for winning the national championship, they go on the road at Bama and they can win. So look, there's a lot of plus opportunities that come from beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So big win for Texas and we're getting into week three. So now we look at our AP Tyler looking at our AP, you know, sitting at our top 10, uh, we'll go backwards, you know, Sitting at number 10 is Alabama. Alabama with a tough week last week. Of course, we talked about that matchup against Texas. Nine is Notre Dame. Notre Dame with a big win last week at NC State. NC State just didn't look right um, from the get-go. Notre Dame took advantage. A lot of turnovers in that game. Notre Dame needs to clean up the turnovers uh, and the fumbles and really hold on to the football. It was a wild game. That was the longest college football game I've ever seen in my life. Um Moving from that game to Washington at number eight, today is going to be a good game for them at Michigan State. I can see them sitting there or possibly moving up to number seven based off what happens above them. Uh, at number at, sorry, at number seven is still Penn State. Penn State stays there at seven with their wins early on in the season, a no sweat win uh, against their first two opponents in West, or, I'm sorry, in West Virginia and Delaware. Uh, two teams that really didn't put up a fight whatsoever to watch for Penn State today. First matchup against Illinois since their nine overtime loss in Happy Valley. They go on the road to Champaign today. Um, at number six, Ohio State. I talked about Ohio State. Today is going to be an interesting test. Not many people are going to be paying attention to it, but I think it's very big here. I think it could be a two-touchdown finish um, easily. So I, I really don't see the offense really moving along for Ohio State right now at this point. Tyler, I'll let you take five through one. Yeah, five, number five uh, is USC, and USC continues to cruise. Uh, got a very big win against Stanford. They were up 42-3 to three, uh, at the half uh, in the offense. Really let up the gas. And then number four uh, was the team uh, to talk about uh, heading in uh, to this week, and that's the Texas Longhorns. You talk about them and your risers. Uh, they went from number 11 to number four. Uh, so, the question is, uh, is Texas backup? We'll definitely uh, find out. Uh, we'll see if this Texas team uh, can uh, uh, get through this season as well. Uh, you know, they do definitely have some big tests. Uh, so, And then uh, at number three, uh, if <laughs> the ticker can come across because we don't look at this before, uh, but number three is Florida State. Uh, I think that this is a definitely a national championship contender. They do have Boston College today. And then number two is Michigan. Michigan is really yet to get tested. They won't get tested uh, this week uh, once again uh, whenever Jim Harbaugh comes back uh, next week. Uh, I think, you know, whenever they get into Big Ten play, that's whenever we're going to find out if this team is going to win the national championship or not. Number one, Georgia, they start off SEC play today against uh, South Carolina. We'll see if Fox uh, can shock the college football world or if Georgia and Carson Beck uh, can really take care of business. So that's your AP top ten heading into week number three. Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, what do we have left on the docket? I mean, uh, as far as we've gone over our games, we've, we have looked at our rises and followers in our AP top 10. 
not much left to talk about. Not really any time that we really can't talk about the Heisman right now. It's a little too early. Um, but I mean, Schroeder Sanders looks really good right now and really could be in one of those spots for the Heisman trophy. Uh, a really big spot there. I think this is first time. We, I mean, this might be the first year in a while that we have a running back, I think, sitting for the Heisman trophy. I wanted to get your opinion on that before we close out. Yeah, I think that, you know, the Heisman Trophy right now, if we're to be handed out, uh, the, the two Colorado duo would definitely be in mind with Shadir Sanders uh, and also Travis Hunter. Uh, I picked uh, my preseason pick is Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. I, I am going to stick with that. You could also put in uh, Caleb Williams. Sam Harmon is also there. Uh, so I think that those are the five uh, front runners uh, right now. But if I'm just going to stick with my pick, Michael Penix uh, is looking pretty good. I think that especially this Washington team, let's say if they can go 12-0, 11-1, run to the Pac-12. Pac-12, I think, is definitely going to be one of those conferences uh, that are really strong. It's definitely strong at the top. Uh, we're going to find about every Pac-12 team. You know, USC and Colorado will duel it out in two weeks. Oregon and Colorado uh, will be next week. Uh, so, you know, if Colorado wins that one, I mean, my gosh, there's going to be – the hype is going to be through the roof. Uh, but if Oregon wins that game, uh, then they're definitely right on track uh, to win the Pac-12 championship. So, as of now, that would be my uh, top five uh, front runners. And, folks, we close it out with our best bets of the weekend. Uh, best bet of week three, Tyler. Look, for me – it's got to be Tennessee and Florida, uh, Florida to cover that. I mean, Florida to cover five and a half. I think you're asking a lot for Tennessee uh, to win by five and a half on the road in the swamp. I think it's a safe bet to say that Florida can cover five and a half at home because uh, I don't see a ton of points happening in that game. I'm going to go with an SEC team, uh, but SEC team not to cover. I'm going to go with Kansas State covering uh, the three and a half uh, against Missouri. Uh, I just don't, haven't really been impressed uh, with Missouri in the first two weeks of the season. I think that Kansas State uh, really makes a, another statement uh, coming off of a huge win against Troy in week number two. Look for the Wildcats covering that three and a half on the road in Como. Absolutely. And folks, we're about 20 minutes away from the college football week three season. Sorry, week three game schedule come getting underway uh, this morning. Sorry, I'm a little slow this morning. <laughs> Just a long, long day yesterday. And uh, we uh, are looking forward to sitting on the couch and watching some football today. Of course, Lee Corso, this is his 400th game pick for headgear. Uh, so it's a big milestone for Lee Corso. Look, um, I think the best thing that we can watch here today, best game on the schedule right now today, um, even though it's going to be a blowout, is that Colorado and Colorado State game. It's going to be a great one to watch. I'll be tuned into a lot of games throughout the day. Folks, if you want to uh, go follow us there on YouTube and watch our show there, you can. You can also follow us on Twitter and YouTube there. Um, and stay tuned for more and we will get to see you guys next week for week four. We will recap a little bit of week three of what is there to talk about from week three, if anything. Hopefully we might get some shocks today, uh, but we will be back for week four next week uh, to talk about some big games, and almost every conference is going to be underway with uh, conference play, so it'll be a really exciting week, and uh, it's a personal day in Colorado, so get ready for some Colorado football uh, today. So we'll see you guys next week for week four.